Several years ago, a woman in our church group told me this story. Her adult-age son came to visit. She showed him something in the Bible, and he said, Oh, Mother, that is so legalistic. When she told me that story, I was so grieved. I said to God, That which he said really troubled me. After I spoke that to God, a few hours later, I was reminded of a scripture in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that lead us unto life, and few there be that find it. And instantly I was reminded and shown by God the following concept. The world wants to have freedom to sin, but we want to be free from sin. The Bible is freedom from sin. They don't see it this way, but by the Bible and these little scriptures, we can stay on God's highway and be free from that sin which the world actively pursues. The world wants to come to church and be approved. They want to have people say, oh, they are so nice, they come to church. They want approval while they're in their sins. And this is one way they feel approved, is they're accepted by churches while they are committing fornication or drunkenness or living as homosexuals. They come to church and it makes them feel good about what they're doing because the preachers today, for the most part, have stopped preaching about sins of homosexuality, drunkenness, fornication, adultery. Instead, what they are hearing is a doctrine of, I'm okay, you're okay, Jesus paid for our sins, everybody's fine, God loves you. So nobody repents. It's because we're at the end times. It's because the wickedness has grown so strong in the world and the churches who want to please the world have changed the doctrines from the scriptures to another doctrine in order to seem reasonable to the people of the world to get the people of the world to come and sit with them in church. Therefore, as long as they don't speak about the sins, the people are happy. But this is a road to damnation. 
This is that wide gate that many go through because it appeals to them. But the way of God is straight and the gate is narrow and it leads unto life and few there be that find it. When Jesus returns for the church, if you are living in sin or worshiping idols in your church, I don't believe you'll be taken out before the Great Tribulation. If you are following God and living in the scriptures and reject the various idols set up by your churches, and many idols are set up today by churches, but if you will refuse those idols and you will quit sitting among them and you will reject the idols and follow scriptures and keep yourself in peace by removing yourself from such places, you might be one of the ones taken out. For I believe Peter is telling us the ones taken out by Jesus before the Great Tribulation are going to be the ones who keep themselves in a state of peace through prayer to God, who refuse the idols being presented by churches today. You say, what idols? Well, all of the doctrines set up by the churches today that are not in the Holy Scriptures are idols. Of course, we see a great many visible idols in the Catholic Church. They cross themselves. That is not set up by God through the Bible. They have something they call holy water that they go in the building and cross them, dip their fingers in water and cross themselves. And this is a great idol. They really think this is religious. They think they've cleansed themselves before they go in to this church that's set up in idolatry. They call their priest father. Jesus says, call no man father. They set up cardinals and popes and all kinds of things that are not in the Bible. They bow down to idols and recite various sayings in their church buildings. I mean, the idols are very visible in the Catholic Church. They are less visible in the Protestant churches, but they are still there in the Protestant churches. And the Protestant churches have been really bad about changing doctrine away from the Bible. Doctrines such as the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Matthew chapter 5, verse 32 some of the people in the Protestant churches call their ministers reverend. There's absolutely no place in the Bible where a man is called reverend. The only time the word reverend even appears in the Old or New Testament is in a passage of Scripture in the Old Testament where it says holy and reverend is God's name. And these ministers love to call themselves reverend. They love to exalt themselves that way 
and they make themselves into an idol in front of everyone who will bow down to them by calling themselves reverend, by wearing collars around their neck to identify themselves as ministers, by wearing somewhere little head things on their heads to show there's something different about them, they're ministers. And there's some who wear long robes and call themselves ministers. None of that is in the Bible. Not one of those things is to do in the Bible. It was all set up by men. It's an idol in the church. And some people bow down to it. If your pastor's calling himself reverend, I would quickly flee from that church. That is not in the Bible. You may think, well, these things aren't important. Well, you are going to the ones who's going to go in that wide gate to destruction. If you think that, the Bible's very important. The more you read the Bible, and especially the examples in the Old Testament, you will see how important detail is. Saul was removed from being king of Israel because he disobeyed God in just one thing that God told him to do when he sent him out. He didn't do it. He changed the instruction. God removed him from being king and set David up as king took the Holy Spirit away from Saul and gave the Holy Spirit to David and brought an evil spirit from the Lord to Saul. All of that's in the Old Testament. You can read about it. And Paul says these Old Testament examples are for our well-being that we don't do the same things they did. They show us not to do this. Every part of Scripture is important. You can't remove any part of Scripture or change any part of the New Testament Bible and be justified. If you do, you're already lost. But the fact you're listening to me at all hopefully shows that there's some things bothering you there at church and you want to be free. So, let's continue with this message. Staying without spot and blameless. One very important thing is don't let the sun go down on your wrath. If you have a battle with somebody, a verbal battle, settle that battle before dark. You may not be able to settle it with the other person, but you can certainly settle it with God through prayer. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. At the beginning of this uh, recording, I told you about the young man who said the Bible was so legalistic. This young man is divorced. Well, he's in his he's fifty one now, and to me, that's young. But he. Um, He's divorced from his first wife. Then he married a second wife. He's separated from her and probably divorced by now from her. He wants a family. He wants another wife. 
I told his mother, tell him this. I don't know whether she told him or not, but what I told her was, tell him this. If a woman will go to bed with him and have sex with him before they marry, this is not the right woman for him because this is not a godly woman. It's hard to find a godly woman, but some are out there. But this man's not even godly. So, I don't know. And by now, his his mother left us a couple of years ago or so. But Proverbs 31, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of his life. That woman who truly follows God, that's the kind of woman this is. But that kind of woman isn't going to have sex with you before marriage because she knows that at the time of sexual intercourse, the two people become one flesh. Even if you have sex with an harlot, Paul says, the two become one flesh, even with a prostitute. Jesus said, even if you look upon that woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. We can't be living in these sins and expect to be delivered from the great tribulation when Jesus returns. It's just not possible. The people taken out of this earth at the return of Jesus are going to be those people who keep themselves in peace without spot and blameless. They are not going to be the ones who call themselves Christians while committing all types of sin or worshiping at their churches where scriptures have been removed. Those people are going to be left here. So it's up to each one of us to keep ourselves, to keep ourselves ready for the return of Jesus. It definitely could happen any time. For the stage has been set. The one requirement that before Jesus returns, the one requirement in the Bible is the following. The churches would fall away from Scripture before Jesus returns. They have to fall away from Scripture. That has already happened. It's been happening for decades so the stage is set for the return of Jesus. The question is, will we be ready to be taken out? If he comes this second, will we be, will we be ready to be taken out? 
2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord will not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The falling away, churches would fall away from Scripture. And by falling away from Scripture, this allows the man of sin to come into the churches. Several years ago, I went to a museum dinner at Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas. I was seated next to a man who was wearing this very large cross. He quickly identified himself as the former pastor of Indiana Street Baptist Church. He began telling the people at the table, Oh, we have such a problem at the church. We just can't seat all the people who want to come to our church. We have added on to the building several times, and we still can't seat all the people who want to come to church. I spoke up and said, Well, If you would teach what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, that the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, about half of your congregation would get up and leave you, and then you wouldn't have any trouble seating them, the ones who remained at your church group. His mouth fell open. I fled. We had not been served the meal yet. I didn't stay for it. I was not going to put myself in a situation with this man. So I just left. My soul is important to me. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul says, this man of sin opposeth God, opposeth the scriptures, and exalts himself above the scriptures. He exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That is happening in churches over and over today, today. As they turn away from certain scriptures in order to be more popular and to be more modern and to please men and to get huge numbers of people to attend their churches. For if you speak about sin, they aren't going to come to your church. They're going to flee and go to another church. So churches are basically copying each other and becoming popular. And you see large crowds attending their churches. And they take great pride in the large crowds. And all the large crowd shows you is they aren't preaching scriptures like Matthew 5.32 where Jesus said to the men 
whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. To the men, Jesus was saying, if you divorce a faithful wife, she will commit adultery if she remarries, but you will be the cause of her adultery, and whosoever marries this woman commits adultery. Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. If they speak that word to their congregations, people will leave them. But they will save themselves and the ones who remain. But they don't speak that word. I've never heard this taught at any Christian church, Protestant church, that I've attended in the past 45 years. It was once taught, but it's not taught today. The Bible didn't change. The churches changed their doctrine away from the Bible, and they became Antichrist when they did that. For they let down the one thing that was holding Antichrist back from the church, and that is the Scripture. Just one little portion of Scripture is enough to open the door for Antichrist to come into the church. And that is what we are seeing today. For decades, the churches have said Antichrist is coming. They thought Antichrist was coming through the governments of men. They overlooked this scripture that Antichrist was coming through the churches. Verse 4 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says, this man of lawlessness opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And there are a group of church people who love their churches more than they love Scripture. So they are staying in those churches, worshipping what they think is God, when they're really worshipping their pastors and their, their church group. They're worshipping that church group. It is their life. It is their country club. Their activities are focused in that church group, so they don't want to leave it because it's their life. All their friends are there. But if you stay there and you depart from Scripture, a very fearful fate awaits you as follows. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 10 through 12. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not, the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion 
that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I know people who just don't care about truth. They don't think it matters. They just make up whatever they want to believe and go along and believe that, rather than seriously considering what is truth. The scriptures are truth. The truth is in Jesus. The scriptures, the word. So a very bad fate awaits those people in churches who say they are Christians, but they don't care about the truth from the Holy Bible. Every one of the scriptures that I have spoken to you today are recorded in writing on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side of the home page, you will see podcast. Click on that link. It will take you to all the recordings that I have made on podcast. All the scriptures are written out for you. You can look for the episode entitled Without Spot and Blameless. Copy these scriptures, look at them, keep them before you day and night. Let them work in you. Be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. The blog name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for letting me speak with you today.